0: Hello brothers and sisters, Pastor Jason here, so excited to be back with you here on this episode. On this episode, I want to jump right in today and talk to you about abusiveness and healing from abuse. Uh, You know, it's one of our, it's an epidemic now in our, not only in the United States, but in our world of people being abused. And how do we, deal with this? How do we, if we've been harmed, if we've been abused sometimes just one time and sometimes multiple times, how can we move past from the hurt and continued being hurt? That's one of the biggest things about abuse is that an abuse is bad enough in itself, whether it be physical, whether it be emotional, whether it be verbal, whatever kind of abuse it is, whether it be sexual, and sometimes the worst spiritual abuse, the worst abuse is spiritual. Spiritual abuse. So we just have to be careful. It's not just one kind of abuse. It's not only just an abuse that comes from a man to a woman, which happens a lot of times in our society, but also men to men, women to women, and also women against men. I've seen it that way also. But how do we, as a Christian, how do we grapple this? How do we deal with this fact that we are to forgive, that we are to love people, that we are to uh, get along? The the Bible says peaceably with all men as much as possible, how can we live peaceably once we've been abused? And I think the greatest story that talks about this is the story of Joseph that begins in Genesis chapter uh, thirty, goes through uh, verse uh, goes through fifty. Now, I think it's a very, very great place to start. And whenever we look at the story of Joseph, many of you know it well, so it will help for you to know and to reflect back on the story. But you remember Joseph? He was the eleventh son. He was the most loved son, the Bible said, of Jacob, the firstborn of Rachel, and you remember that Jacob had a special place. Joseph's father, Jacob, had a special place in his heart for Joseph, and remember, he would kind of stay back uh, most of the time, probably, as it was custom in that day for one of the children, to stay back and minister to the father. He would help his father get food, and he would help his father get things and water and one thing or another and run errands for his father, so he was very close-knit, And this kind of formed so much of a jealousy, you know. He was the the favorite son, if you will. You know, some of your family of origins, you have favorites and siblings in your family of origins, and that's kind of how he was. And you know, it wasn't just the fact that his brothers were just being mean to him, but they were jealous of him. And you remember when his brothers went afar off and his father sent him out to fetch his brothers, and he goes and they see him coming. And remember what they said? They said, Here comes this dreamer. See, he had a dream and in his naiveness or whatever have you uh he was naive enough to under to tell his brothers this dream and to tell them that it's like i'm going to rule over you and he didn't understand what the dream meant but he did not even have the interpretation. He told his brothers and his brothers thought, who is this? And here he is with this coat of many colors that her father's made for him, this special boy, if you will. And here he comes, so we're going to harm him. And they plotted a plan and they grabbed Joseph and they threw him down in a pit. But then, uh, you know, out of just plain mercifulness if you will and there's a little sarcasm there one brother says well let's not kill him let's sell him into the you know slavery so they saw a band of midianites coming so they pulled joseph up out of there and they take him and they say okay let's sell him into slavery i mean what a blessing right some brothers that would sell us into slavery instead of killing us and so joseph goes then and and they say sell him into slavery of course we know from there they sell him and he goes into potiphar's house and we know that it had then joseph's dealing with the fact not only is he being abused by his brothers then we know his brothers take the coat back to the father they kill a a goat and then put the blood on the coat and then take the bloody coat back to the father and said it must and they didn't say that that something killed him but his father in his heart said and then said out loud look you know someone's devoured my poor joseph and so the father come up with the assumption that he had been killed so there's kind of the, the story in a nutshell of how the abuse happened. And, and I don't know about you, but if you were a, a young man, if you were a young man and you were you were abused like that from your own family, that would do some harm to you. And I know a lot of people, one of the first things about abuse you have to remember is be very careful when you've been hurt of any kind of hurt that you don't let a root of bitterness come up in your heart. Because that's one of the key things that happens. Because I myself have been under under circumstances of abuse, and and, and if not, uh, and whenever I was in the world before I was saved, I let, I allowed it to to harden my heart. I allowed it to hurt my perceptions of people, and that's one of the first things. Because just because one person hurts you, doesn't mean the rest of the people are bad. We have to be so very careful because sometimes there are some bad people, but there are still good people in the world. So we need to remember not to let bitterness. And I don't, I know that. That would have been hard. I can't imagine looking at a young Joseph, you know, 16, 18 years old, looking at Joseph and saying, you know, hey, don't be hard hearted. You've just been sold into slavery. But it is so important. Remember, when he went into Potiphar's house, the Bible said that Potiphar saw that God blessed him so much that he gave him rule over his entire household right off the way. So Joseph kept his tender heart. He kept his relationship with God. He didn't turn his back on God and blame God. I know people that have been in abuse, and I know that it's hard to get over abuse, but they turn their back on God, the very person that is sovereign and loves him in spite of the abuse of the people. But then as the story continues on, we know that in the story of Joseph, Joseph thins in Potiphar's house. And then Potiphar's wife then wants to have relations with him. And then Joseph looks to her and says to her, look, my master has withheld nothing from me but this one thing, which is you. And I will not do this. And finally, she kept pursuing Joseph. And then finally, she approaches him one day and she grabs a hold of him. And he left and he ran off from her presence and left his very coat. In her hand and his garment in her hand. And then he goes off and then she reports to her husband that he had made a pass at her and reversed it. So she, he fell under abuse again. This nice Joseph, this loving Joseph, this Joseph that sought after God's heart. Now Joseph finds himself again in another situation of abuse and they throw him down into prison. And so he's in the pit to the palace to the prison. And boy, there's a message in that. Sometimes it seems like in the Christian life, we're from the pit to the palace back to prison. And so then he's down in prison. We know. And then that's where he interprets a dream of the baker and the butler, uh, have come down there. And then the, the Pharaoh has a dream. And then they finally, the, finally that the baker says, uh, excuse me, that the butler says, you know, Hey, I knew a man that can interpret dreams and he comes out and interprets the dream of Pharaoh. And then, and then at that time that' that's such a that's such an important time in his life then there's a famine in the land and we see this dream that the young dreamer had that becomes be, becomes a flourishing and finally uh, his brothers come to him and he is he is different now he's changed his dress he's changed his his face if you will uh, maybe even some kind of makeup that they wore as being Egyptians and his hairdress that they would wear and he was such look like such a different person that his own brothers didn't even recognize him and his brothers Come up. And finally, we're looking at over 20 years later as his brothers come up. I mean, he had been through Hades and back. He had been through situation after situation, but now he's a ruler of the kingdom, and his brothers come to him and don't recognize him and they just ask for food. You remember, Jacob sends him to the Pharaoh, sends him to Egypt, and says, Look, we're going to starve to death. We have so little for our family and our planes, and that country was in such a desperate time to send him. So Joseph looks at his brothers and he showed him such great mercy now this is so important the first time they came to joseph Joseph did not reveal himself, say, oh, you're my brothers. I love you. It's been 20 years, which you would think would be a natural way to react to your family, right? I mean, it's water under the bridge, put things in the past. And I've heard this time and time again, we just need to move on. We just need to, you know, not talk about this. You know what? That's a lie from the pits of Hades. Listen, that's not the truth. We don't need to reveal ourselves to people that have harmed us and just show our heart to them because many times our heart will be trampled all all over again, many times in abuse, one of the biggest errors I see is people try to restore a relationship too quickly. Now you say, I don't understand that. I thought as Christians, we're supposed to forgive. Listen to me, friends. There's some place, there's there's sometimes there's a place for forgiveness, but not a place for reconciliation. Listen, this was not your normal just, oh, I I got upset and said something negative to you. This wasn't, I've seen families almost split over someone saying a negative word or being harsh to someone. But friends, this was major abuse. And when we have major abuse like this, when something's happened of significance, I'm not talking about someone just saying something negative. I'm not talking about someone being upset, or just mad, or saying what a little thing. I'm talking about this type of abuse that is very damaging. These are sexual abuses that have happened. These are abuses that have happened that's been physical abuse that's happened. These are repeated abuse that's happened. We need to be so very careful that we don't confuse forgiveness with reconciliation, We need to know that we have the right, a time to heal. God allows us to be separated from people for times of healing. And the worst thing we can do is rush right back in the relationship with people to where we're harmed again. I see people, and I see, and, and a lot of times I've seen women that run from one abuse to another, from one relationship to another, only to fall under an, another abuse. I see men that get with abusive women that only jump, you know, from the from the frying pan to the fire, if you will, or vice versa, to where they just get in trouble and abuse after abuse because they don't ever take time to heal. And it's, a lot of times, this is a self worth that's down inside of them. Sometimes it's happened from the abuse. Sometimes Sometimes because it's happened from the family of origin to where they don't feel worthy of love to where they would rather be abused and be with someone than they would be to be alone and be loved and friends. That's a serious depth of codependency that we have to overcome through Christ. And Joseph knew he had, listen, he had been risen to the place of the ruler under Pharaoh. He had the ring that signified him being in the most high power. He could have been without being a Pharaoh himself. He knew that God had placed him in that position and he was comfortable, not in a prideful way. But let me say this, Joseph had every, he could have, he could have snuffed his brothers out. He could have said he wouldn't even had to explain to Pharaoh. He could have told the men, put these men to death. I don't want him in my presence, but he didn't. He never harmed them. What did he do? The first thing he did when he saw his brothers, he put them down in prison for three days. Now you say, isn't that horrible? Well, he let them have their rations. He treated them pretty good. And I think uh, there is. this was a time of waiting to see how they would react. The next time when he brought them forward, he wanted to see how they were, if they were humble. And remember what the brothers said? They said this, we are verily concerned. Gu- we are guiltily concerned. Excuse me. We are guilty concerning our brother, in that we saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us, and we would not hear. Therefore, this distress comes upon us. And what they're saying is, they're saying, "Hey, the reason we're being put in prison, this is what's ha- this is the reason this happened to us is because of what we've done." And they didn't even know it was Joseph, but in their heart, they had a time of healing. They had to come to repentance to understand that sometimes, you know, be not deceived. Galatians 6, 7, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that may he also reap. Friends, the person that has abused you many times will become fallen or abuse himself. Look at Jacob, the deceiver, when he fall under the hands of Laban, when Jacob had deceived and deceived. And then finally, remember Esau and Jacob, he deceived his brothers, but then he falls into the hand of Laban because Laban, his father-in-law, then that became his father-in-law, abused him and used him and lied to him and said, I'll give you my one daughter. And then he gave him his another after seven years. And then finally he gave him his other daughter, but he had to work for another seven years. And he just kept kept manipulating him and abusing him. Friends, that these brothers had to deal with the fact that now there's some wrong that's come upon them. And that had been in their heart for over 20 years. Think about that. And, and there is a place of restoration. There is a place of healing also for the person that does the abuse, but that is God's job. He didn't welcome them in, first thing. This is so important. Joseph never revealed his face to them, his true heart to them, until he saw a time of testing. And it's okay for someone who's been abused to put a person in a time of testing or even a time of questioning to wonder. And I think it's very important to tell ourselves, look, we're not putting someone out on an island and saying, I hate you and I'll never talk to you again, but I'm not going to lay my heart for you to trample on it over and over again. Listen, I even mean in relationships like the marriage, the wife and the husband does not have to continue to be hurt. They don't have to just because they're married. Now, I'm not suggesting that they separate and they get apart, but I'm suggesting that a person needs to stand up and say, look, I don't need this abuse. There's a place for counseling. There's a place for, remember what it says, if you've been harmed, you're to go to that person and tell them. One of the first things you need to learn in a marriage is you tell the person, I see marriages over and over again where that one person won't stick up and say, look, this hurts me. This bothers me. And then it says, go with two. So then you go to a counselor. You go to someone that has wisdom. And then it says, if that doesn't work, then you bring it before the church, which I believe stands for the pastor of the church. You go to the pastor of the church and talk about these things that are happening, these abuses that are happening. It's so important to use that way. But in Joseph's account, he puts his brothers in prison. He was simply seeing, look, are they going to be aggressive are they going to come back and be and try to hurt me, or even try to? You know, are they going to understand that I have the authority, and they're they going to fall under the subjection of that authority? Or are they going to try to overthrow my very throne? I mean, that was a possibility, but the brothers didn't. They came back in humility. The God began to work on their heart. You know, I tell people this all the time. If you'll stand up and do the right thing before God and you won't engage in this power struggle of abuse and you won't try to, you know, when someone tries to argue, then you don't argue back. You you know, when someone tries to demean you, you don't try to demean them back. If you, if you don't fall into that trap and you stand up before God and do the right thing, then that person will have to deal with their own heart. And I know it doesn't always happen. In a moment, in an instant, but through time, when you do the right right thing, when you sow love and you sow kindness, then that person has to deal with their own heart. And that's what Joseph was trying to do. But we know then Joseph's brothers left and he gave them provision and he went back and then he came back again for and they, they kept a brother, Benjamin. He simply took something of theirs and wanted to make sure they were coming back. And I, I know that not every part of this story is parallel to where we can use it, but I think it's important. The idea here that Joseph wanted them to come back. He knew that if he took, if he took some of theirs, he would know, you know, are they going to leave? Or are they going to go back and tell, Hey, you know, is their heart not changed? Because what they could have done was went back to Joseph and said, Hey, or to Jacob, excuse me, and said, Hey, you know, uh, Benjamin's killed. They could have done just like they did with Joseph and never went back, but they didn't. They went back. They showed their heart was beginning to heal and they told their father exactly that, that they would kept Benjamin. And remember, the, his father wept sore because they did not want Benjamin to go. So then, finally, the third time in the story, uh, finally, they come back, and whenever they come back, and Benja- they kept Benjamin, I guess, the second time, and when they come back, then finally, Joseph stands there, and he can't take it no longer, and he reveals himself to his brother. See, there was that third time, that time of testing, that time of waiting. Friends, when we have people in our life that's hurt us, if we're ever going to restore any kind of a relationship, it's important that there's a time of testing. And everything in us says, well, we got to be a Christian. We got to give them benefit of the doubt. No, 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 no. With my grandchildren, with my children, with my wife, and even with me, I do not want them to quickly jump into a place of being abused again. Because it can start a cycle. It can start a cycle of becoming a victim, situation after situation, and then finally Joseph reveals himself to his brother and he weeps bitterly. And he says to him, Go back, get our father. And and I mean you can imagine this for over twenty years now. He's been in rulership and his brothers have been separated and they see him and they say, Oh my goodness, what's he gonna do to us? You know? And he didn't do anything to him. He didn't harm him. See, that's when we know our heart's not gotten a root of bitterness. That's when we know that we've been healed our very selves from this abuse. You know, I here's here's one of the common failures I see in people that's been abused. They say, oh, it's under the blood. It's never bothered me. You know, it's just under the blood. We just got to put it in the past. Really? You know what Some pe- most people are trying to say when they say that? They're trying to say that they want to bury the past because they don't want to face the pain. Friends, we have to face the pain. We have to face what's happened. I don't care how old we were. I don't care how long ago it was if we haven't faced the pain and we take it to God and we fall into the loving arms of our sovereign savior and say, God, I need healed of this. Then friends, I suggest you, it'll change us forever for the negative, but we need to take it to God and say, we have been hurt. We have been harmed. Someone has done this to me. God, I need your help to overcome this. We don't, yes, it needs to be put under the blood. Yes, it needs to be forgiven. But there's a place in our hearts that it has to be healed in these abusive cases. And I'm not suggesting to you every little thing that happens, but I'm saying when it's been abuse of a severe nature and it's never our fault when we've been abused. It doesn't matter what it was. If we were a child, we were too ignorant to understand what was going on when we were abused. It was never our fault if we've been abused. Even if we walked in a dark alley at night and we were going somewhere we shouldn't have been going it doesn't mean we should be mugged we should be raped we should be hurt it doesn't mean that because of ignorance doesn't allow someone else to be able to say okay well you had the right to be abused never is that the case we have to remember that but then we know here's joseph stands he's before his brothers and they have a great meal together and remember he lined them up from youngest to eldest and gave then Benjamin the biggest portion. And the brothers looked at each other and said, isn't this strange right before he revealed himself, you know, we're all lined up in, in an order that we were born. Isn't this strange? But see, Joseph's beginning to the aha hall moments coming. And they're beginning to realize that something strange about this whole thing. And then they look and then he, the Bible says that then Joseph had the people leave and then he wept bitterly. He wept bitterly. See, he was healing. He was, he, he was healing from those years of being separated from the years of things in his heart. And he wept and he cried and he received his brothers. But listen to this friends, his brother sees the people, his father, excuse me, sees the people coming. And the Bible says when he saw the wagons, then his heart rejoiced because he knew that it was Joseph because if Joseph loved him so much, because he sent such a parade of people to come and get him. But then when they come back, even with his father, here's the key is that he did not give them a home next to his. He put them in the land of Goshen. He asked for the land of Goshen. He knew that their relationship would never be fully 100% restored. Oh, it was going to be a good relationship. It was going to be a godly relationship, but it was never going to be like it was, and that was okay for Joseph, and Joseph said, you know what, look, you know, they're basically farmers and shepherds were looked down on severely by Egyptians. But he said, you know what, my family's shepherds, that's what they are. And I, you know, would you please Pharaoh, would it be okay if they were in the land of Goshen about 30 miles away? So he put them a distance away. You know, that gap was never going to be healed. They were never going to live under the same roof again. Too much time had gone on for that, but he still gave them the best of the land and he gave them some property and he gave them a place to raise their livestock. And you know what's amazing about the story is I believe Joseph really healed, but it was the abuser, the problem that I believe this is one of the keys of healing from abusiveness is we need to find pity. That's the word pity. We need to find empathy and pity to the person that's abused us. Because then remember when finally Jacob died, the father of all the boys, all the boys of the problem that had happened Finally, the father dies, and the boys then look and say, what will our brother do to us? What will you do? And they bow down before their brother, and their brother cries again and says, you just don't understand. I've forgiven you. I've had pity on you. And that's the key for healing. That's the key for us overcoming this hurt, is we have to look at the person with empathy, and we have to say, see, here's the key. Here's what something God gave me. The bridge for healing from abuse, is the fact that we must find empathy. We must be able to go back down into that pit and look at our abuser and say, look what they've done to me. That's just a condition of their heart. That's such a sad thing for a person to go to the place of abuse that they think they need to hurt someone and abuse someone and even destroy someone. Their reputation And when I found empathy, friends, I can find forgiveness, but I can nearly never forgive until I learn to feel sorry and have pity and empathy for the person that's abused me. And when I can do that, friends, and I find a place of prayer with my Lord and Savior, then I can overcome to the place to where I can forgive the person that's abused me. Friends, I hope this word's been good to you. I pray that you read the story of Joseph in in Genesis. And I believe that God will reveal some things to you. But until next time, friends, I hope you have a great and wonderful week. God bless.